Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ready or not, here we come. <laughs> you can't hide. We're going to find you and make you stand where we stand. I mean, and, uh, inform you. <laughs> Tell you where we stand. <laughs> Yo, that, I mean, that record itself, man, I love that record mm-hmm. growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, kudos to, to Lauren Hill. You know, um, just recently I actually um, heard that song and I actually looked into um, what song they sampled. And the song that they sampled, I can't remember what it's called, but it, I was waiting for a woman to sing because it was a woman on the, uh, in the picture. So I'm like, okay, when she's going to sing the whole time, it's just an instrumental, but it's beautiful though. Mm-hmm. And so then when I, when I hear the song, I'm like, wow, like this is a good song. Yep. Mm-hmm. Amen. But, um, so it's your host, Ray Tucker. And Jay Jones. We're here again telling you where we stand on cultural issues from a from a black standpoint through a Christian world view. Yes. Um but yeah, so last episode we talked about lust and uh how to guard the eyes and mouth, the ears and mind. Mm-hmm. And um this episode we're gonna talk about fornication we're still on the sex series and uh, we're gonna be here a while because we've got plenty more thing to talk about when it comes to sex and uh we're going to define fornication we're going to talk about the epistles versus the gospel just a little bit just to get some you know background context mm-hmm. and uh transformation versus modification again j- Wait, just paul had a pistol <laughs> oh yeah, <I> do that. <laughs> oh man, we're some kidding, nerds. Kidding. We're, we're, we're some nerds, you know. Um, but anyways, um, yeah. So 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 we're gonna just set some context. We're gonna we're gonna camp out a big deal with the woman at the well, mm-hmm. um, and talk about that story and how Jesus redeems her, even through even through her fornication. All right, right. So, um. But yeah, so what is fornication? You know, in the Greek, the word is pornania. You know, we mentioned that before in previous episodes mm-hmm. that it's pornania, harlotry, mm-hmm. which includes adultery, uh, adultery, and incest, mm-hmm. um, uh, which which also means that illicit sexual intercourse, adultery, fornication. Again, a lot of definitions use the same word to define the word to try and do look up. Anyways. Uh, homosexuality, lesbianism, intercourse with animals, aka bestiality, yes, uh, intercourse with close relatives, aka incest, or a sexual intercourse with a divorced man or woman, and we'll definitely get into that on another episode. Yes. With that, that, that's a whole lot there to unpack in yes, and of it itself. Um, actually, all of it is you know deserves really? its own each individual episode because it's a lot of meat there but mm-hmm. as you can see fornication or sexual immorality 
you know, it's it's a lot there. It's a lot that that yeah. that one phrase encompasses a lot of different things. And and we avoid that by um, doing the very thing that we have been talking about on these many episodes. Sex is between a husband and a wife. When yes. you do it that way, then you avoid the immorality, at yep. least from the physical act. Of course, you got to deal with the mind and the eyes. But we talked about that in the last episode yep. and some of the ways to combat that. If you want to go back and reference that episode. So, yep. But moving on from there, so we're going to give us a little bit of context between the epistles and the gospels. Because sometimes we, we, you hear the New Testament get thrown around and we tend to think that it's all, I mean, it kind of is all one thing, but there's different ways to approach mm-hmm. reading these scriptures because they're, they're written with different formats and mm-hmm. different audiences. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so they're they're not always synonymous when it comes to application. Mm-hmm. All right, um, a lot of times we we you know get a little confused and a little twist up on how we are we how we approach the gospel mm-hmm. and share the gospel with certain mm-hmm. individuals. Absolutely. Right. So the Pauline epistles, what I believe, are for the church, mm-hmm. but the gospels are for the unchurched. What do Absolutely. I mean by that? You know, when you look at the scriptures, when mm-hmm. you look at the 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 all the writings of Paul. I want to say all off the top of my head because I can't remember for sure all definitively all. Hmm. But the majority of his writings. How does he start off? To the church in Rome, mm-hmm. to the church in Galatia, our to the church of brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. to the church that is in so and so's house. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. He's writing to the church. That Absolutely. is his audience. Absolutely. So when he's spelling out doctrine, when we're talking about Corinthians seven. That's to the church mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. That's how that teaches how the church is to behave because we've already been transformed. Right. And I'm about to get into that Absolutely. next point. Can't can't disagree with that. I mean, um, go ahead, go ahead. Because yeah. I think after you talk about this, then I say. What yeah, yeah. So so uh, epistles versus doc- gospels. So we're still going into that, right? Doctrine is for the church first to bring about godly behavior that comes after spiritual transformation. Yes. That's kind of what I was just saying. Yeah. Um, hold on, do I have notes there? Yeah, so yeah, our behavior can only change once the power of the Holy Spirit working within us causes us to change. So um, that leads right into the next point. Um, oh, another hold on. I'm getting a little mixed up here. But anyways, mm-hmm. it, it's it, it leads to the point of you can't have you can't have behavior modification go before spiritual transformation. Absolutely. Otherwise, you know you. you what you get is fakeism, pretty mm-hmm. much. People are faking behaviors, but they're not really transformed. Right? I think that's how we get false uh, conversions as well. You yes. know, you have this uh, moral individual, moral individual, right? And all, uh, we have to be able to separate the two because then we get it wrong when we're trying to share the gospel. You're trying to hit a person with what Paul was telling believers and how they're supposed to function to the unbeliever, but you're doing it in the wrong way. Yep. Christ in I think of uh, Matthew chapter five, and probably I think it might even be Luke chapter five. You know the synoptic gospels, but um, when he he's trying to point people to the fact that their need for a savior, yeah. And so his way of addressing sin is, is saying that you this is this is your state, and you will never be able to get out of this without me, right? Yep. You need me. Paul, on the other hand, is calling a believer to how they are to function as a believer. 
Jesus does uh, touch that a little bit, but he doesn't really go in on that because they can't function that way until they first get him. Yes. Right. And, and so, they can't get him until he goes to the cross. Exactly. And so it, 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 it makes me think about another scripture where Paul is talking about what type of people to not associate with. He says, if they claim to be a brother and they do, and then he gives a list. Yeah. But before that, he says, I'm not talking about the world. We'd have to leave the world in order to get away from that. Yeah. To get on SpaceX. Exactly. He said, they're going to be the way that they are. <laughs> I'm talking to you believers who have yes. the ability to do these things. Yep. So speaking of which, so speaking of Paul, and he wrote to the church in, in Ephesus. Mm-hmm. So Ephesians 5, 3, let there be no sexual immorality, mm-hmm. impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among who? God's, God's people. people. Right. He is writing to the church. So oftentimes... I remember when um, we went to a protest. Um, my wife and I went to a protest down downtown Dallas one day, and there was a street preacher, and I had to um, confront him on some of the issues because he was doing this very thing. He's mm-hmm. down there trying to preach the gospel to people, but really all he's doing is preaching, you know, hellfire and stuff because he's talking about everything out of his mouth was Paul this, Paul that, Paul this, mm-hmm. Paul that, right. and. Technically, theologically, he's not wrong, but he's talking to the wrong audience, mm-hmm. right? He, it's the wrong approach. It's the wrong method. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was trying to convey to him. Uh, I'm not going to belabor that point too much. Absolutely. But um, but yeah, so again, transformation versus modification. So we, we talk about how Jesus approached people um, compared to how Paul is, is addressing the church, right? So let's take a look at the woman at the well. Um, and it's, it's kind of a long story. I shortened it a little bit. Um, there's only so much you can shorten. Otherwise you take out the meat of it. Right. right? But, um, so we're going to dive into the meat of this real fast. And for the sake of, uh, the podcast, I, I do have to kind of read the majority of it. So you kind of get the context of what we're talking about. Stay but, tuned. um, <laughs> long story short. So John four. 1 through 42, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit in the beginning just to kind of get the main points, but then the rest of it is mostly verbatim. Mm-hmm. All right. So we start off here. Jesus left Judea and returned to Galilee by going through Samaria and stopping in the village of Sychar. Jesus sat wearily by beside Jacob's well when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, If only you knew the gift that God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I will give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I will never be thirsty again. And I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus said to her. I don't have a husband, woman replied. 
Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband for you have, for you have had five husbands and the one, and, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. So you certainly spoke the truth, sir. The woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worshipped? Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him. For salvation comes through the Jews, but the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. The woman then left her jar beside the well, ran back to the village, telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Many Samaritans from that village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. And he stayed for two days. Long enough for many more to hear this message, hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe. Not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> wow. It's an incredible story. Yeah, it is. And uh, kind of a long, lengthy story. But man, there's so much meat in there. Yeah, right? it is. When you look at how... One of the things I learned recently... You know, recent as in like two, maybe even three years ago, it's kind of like how God just kind of pokes me and says, you know, here's a, here's a thought, right? Mm -hmm. And to me, it was like I need to handle with care. Mm -hmm. and that's what Jesus is doing there. Mm -hmm. You know, He's handling her with care. Mm -hmm. Like I know you're fornicating. Mm -hmm. I know you're sleeping around. You have five husbands. Mm -hmm. The one you're with right now ain't your husband. Mm -hmm. You know, but if only you knew who I am, you know, I would give you living water. Mm-hmm. In other words, I will redeem you. Mm -hmm. You know, in other words, I will call you into the flock and call you one of my own. You know, if you just. <laughs> it, it, it's just amazing how I know what you got going on, but here's salvation, right? That don't even phase me. I know what you got going on. No, I'm not even phased by that. But on the other end, you have people who aren't Christ who put it as though before you can be saved, you need to stop doing what you're doing. Mm mm. <laughs> They can't. They can't. They don't they have can't. the ability to. The, they can't. I, I can't remember exactly where it is scripturally. Maybe we'll find it later. If you can't, if we don't put it up, you can find it. It talks about how the carnal mind or the fleshly person cannot please God because they don't have the spirit. Yeah. They. It, it says they cannot. They cannot do these things. 
And so going back to the street preacher, here you are beating these people up with what Paul is saying. Y'all need to do this. Y'all need to do that. Or people out there, homosexuals or whatever they say or whatever they, you know, I'm not going to repeat the things that we do not affirm Westboro Baptist Church at all. Not at all. Nope. You're not at all. You're doing that. But you're, you're trying to get them to change without providing the answer. Or you're telling them, here's the answer, but in order to have this answer, you need to change. You need to work it out yourself. Exactly. Doesn't work like that. Does not work like that. Jesus was gracious because he already knew. I know what y'all got going on. You need me, Mm -hmm. right? We need to separate that from Paul knowing that, okay, y'all do have Christ. You have the ability. Now let's walk out and talk about how you are to walk in this newness of life. Yeah. And take on this new nature. Yeah. So it's totally different.